Okay, he's too stupid to talk and too ugly to eat. Given a piece of his mind to so many people, it's a wonder there's a mind left. It's Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World. Here we are, Easter week. Still <clears throat> safely, um, uh, what is it? Uh, shelter in, in place. That's what we're doing. Safely sheltered in place. And... Uh, what, two solid weeks of being a disc jockey by remote control, um, which has been a good thing and a not-so-good thing. I mean, it's good that I can come down and uh, not have to really get dressed to uh, talk on the radio. Um, but, you know, it's what the bad thing about it is, you know, the radio station is like 31 miles away, and there's a mountain range between here and there. And it's a little difficult to pick up on the air. And, you know, when you're producing the show, like you're putting everything together like a pre-production, by the time you get it all put together and, you know, get it recorded and put together, and then you got to, you know, proxy into the computer by a VPN connection and send it over. And, you know, then you got to start on the next bit. You don't even have time to listen to what you just did. Because you got to record the next bit and pre-produce it and edit it and send it over. And by the time I can actually actually hear some of the stuff I've done, I'm pretty much two hours into the show, <laughs> you know. But, uh, you know, <clears throat> the nice thing is I get a home-cooked breakfast now as opposed to a Hot Pocket. Or, as one coworker put it, dog food. So... But, uh, yeah, here we are, Easter weekend, and we have a lot of rogue churches out there who has decided that um, they don't really care about safe distancing. They're going to get together and celebrate Easter. And uh, rather than giving, uh, you know, Easter candy to people, they're giving everybody COVID-19. That's what they're doing. So happy Easter. No candy, no Cadbury eggs this year. We're just going to give you a good coughing fit and possibly a death sentence. So um, I still don't figure this out. Of course, you know, some of it's getting a little out of hand. You got some cops down in Mississippi and Kentucky deciding they're going to, you know, even if you sit in your car with your windows rolled up, they're still going to cite you because you're gathering. So I, I'm not sure about that. Of course, the Kentucky church, they're actually getting cops sitting in the parking lot taking down license plates. Uh, yeah. And if, the, if you're caught, you're going to spend 14 days in quarantine. So I, I think some of the stuff might be just a little over the top, but, you know, it's one of those situations where, okay, is the cops going a little over the top or is the church going a little over the top by just defying what they're asking them to do? One of the things that I still don't understand about this is that, um, you know, the, the, the church doesn't put a lot of emphasis on the body. The physical body, because it's all about the soul. And the body is just the necessary container for the soul. 
So why are we putting so much emphasis on the body coming together physically for a church when it's the soul that is really gathering together and the soul can gather together in person or virtually? So it's kind of, to me, it's a, it's a kind of a uh, dichotomy, you might say, but you know, that's an, that's an argument for another day. By the way, um, a little technical thing here. If you're hearing gaps or skips in the podcast, we're trying to figure out why. Don't know whether it's the device or it's the platform, or maybe we just got a COVID-19 virus somewhere. So, no, I don't necessarily speak in shorthand, but if things start to skip around, um, well, I'm really trying to find a solution to it. But nevertheless, there's been plenty of skipping around this week in our stupid world, especially when it comes to encountering a officer of the law. If you happen to encounter a police officer, they tell you to generally be polite and respectful. Don't try to, you know, one-up the guy or girl. And probably avoid uttering anything like you might hear on a list that I have compiled, the top things you should not say to a cop. Of course, uh, I know why you pulled me over, Ossifer. You're a former high school jock trying to desperately hold on to childish feelings of power and authority indefinitely. Yeah, that's not a good idea to say to him, right? Some other things you probably shouldn't say to a cop. If by exceeding the, quote, speed limit, do you mean meth? Oh, well, then yes, I have. Or where are the rest of the village people that are Ossifer? Another thing you shouldn't say to a cop, hey, that looks just like a badge I got with my Cracker Jacks. Or no officer, I'm not a, it's not a concealed weapon I'm having. It, I'm, I just really am happy to see you. <laughs> That's probably not a good thing to say to a cop. For, uh, here's one, Freddie Mercury called. He wants his mustache back. Yeah, I tried that and that didn't work. Or will you tell your dog to stop barking is ruining my buzz? Yeah, that's not a good thing to say to a cop either. Or how about this one? Oh, sorry, Ossifer, was that a pedestrian? I thought it was a speed bump. Or uh, this one. Are you a Starsky? Are you more of a Hutch? Of course, if you're over or if you're under 40 or even under 30, you may not get that joke. Another thing you shouldn't say to a cop. I always wanted to be a cop, but I decided to finish high school. <laughs> oh, a gun, a nightstick. Oh, looks like someone's overcompensating. Yeah, not a good thing. Oh, and uh, since I pay your salary, how about this? You're fired. Now, that might work for Donald Trump. I don't know. Here's another one you don't, you don't want to say to a cop. Isn't this one of those stripper gam scrams, isn't it? It's not one of those stripper grams. I would hope not. Or uh, the one that I tried, you shouldn't try. Oh, whoa, man, I thought you guys had to be in shape for this job. Yeah, that's not a good thing. Although you might offer them a box of donuts. That's a joke old as the hills. But in any case, speaking of Easter and Easter eggs, though, you may have seen this story. Happened in, uh, well, where else but Florida. Yeah, the Flagler, Flagler County um, Sheriff's Office in the great state of Florida. Searching for information on identifying a person accused of putting Easter eggs in local residents' mailboxes. Now, that alone probably wouldn't be such a bad thing, except the Easter eggs contained explicit content. The sheriff's office received some calls about the explicit eggs. According to the deputies, the residents said the flag on their mailboxes was left in the up position. So when they looked inside, they found a 
lovely, festive plastic Easter egg. And inside the egg, residents found a fish-shaped cracker, one sheet of toilet paper, a powder drink mix, and a crumpled piece of paper containing a pornographic image. Now, the person who did this is not only a very sick individual, but could actually be spreading COVID-19 by their actions, according to the sheriff. He said they're working to identify the uh, offender and put him in the Green Roof Inn, which is the local jailhouse, by the way. Come on, I mean, as a society, we're really in no position these days to condemn anyone for handing out toilet paper. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, look, my question is, how do I get one of those eggs, you know? Of course, uh, I'm not going to tell you what my side job is as posing for a model, but that's another story altogether. And then here's this interesting story about a father and a son duo that created a viral video showing off their coronavirus-inspired invention, a social distancing circle to keep others at bay. Now, TikTok user M. Patman said that he and his dad, who goes by Uncle Bubblegum on the video sharing site, decided to create a circle as a means of highlighting the importance of social distancing to avoid contracting COVID-19. Now, it's a six-foot social distance circle, the son says, with his father clarifying that it has a 12-foot diameter. It's uh, comprised of a lot of pipes and a tarp. We stood in the middle, and around it was everybody else on the outside. Basically, the pair said they took their invention to um, the local park and Rather confused onlookers asked if they were attempting to fly a giant kite or just an, erect an unusual trampoline. You, you, you know what else, though, keeps people six feet away? Axe body spray. I found that works, too. Of course, a lot of, uh, a lot of pipes, pipes and tarp was used in the making of this new uh, <clears throat> invention. Yeah. See? 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 This is what happens when people have too much free time on their hands. I'm telling you. Any case. And then... This is bound to happen, and it's happened in more than one occasion. But local reports uh, out of India, the nation of India, say that a baby boy and a girl, twins, okay, were born on March 27th, and was they were named, you guessed it, Corona and COVID by their parents. Uh, you know, the parents, uh, Preetal and Vinay Verma, say the names were chosen to symbolize triumph over hardship. Mom Preetal says that the delivery was rough and she and her husband wanted to make the day memorable. Maybe for them, probably not for the kids. She says, indeed, the virus is da dangerous and life-threatening, but its outbreak made people focus on sanitation, hygiene, and led to the development of other good habits. Thus, we thought about these names. And I just became a great uncle, so I advised my own nephew. He should name his new son Daniel COVID. Um, it I don't think it was taken seriously. Yeah, but mom and dad might want to start uh, putting aside a little money right now for therapy, just saying, just for this kid. I can already see it happen or, you know, for both of them. Or maybe start putting money aside to hire bodyguards. Anyway, you, you, you know really though who's most excited? Yeah, the, the baby's relatives. Yeah, Uncle Aids and Aunt Polio, you know? <laughs> well, yet there was another newborn baby has reportedly been named after... Two things, the coronavirus pandemic and the late basketball player Kobe Bryant. There was a Twitter post put out by a woman who said she named her newborn child COVID Bryant. Yeah, Twitter user Nina Kayosa shared the news. She wrote, 
I saw a message where one of the maid's daughters gave birth last March 15th, the start of the lockdown, and you'll never guess what they named the newborn child, COVID Bryant. Many people replied, and the tweet has now gone viral. One person wrote, this couldn't have been more 2020, of course. Of course, one thing is for sure, I know the mom sounds like a barrel of laughs, I know. I mean, I know what COVID Bryant will need in a few years. He'll need therapy and bodyguards as well. (laughs) And it's becoming obvious that all this family time at home in self-isolation is having an effect. Police in Vero Beach, Florida, that's right, again, they came to a domestic dispute back in late March and where a woman there identified as the victim told them that she'd been arguing with her wife. Yeah, that's right. The woman was the victim, said she'd been arguing with her wife. She reported she was on the couch when her wife began arguing about the novel coronavirus epidemic and about the possibility of losing their jobs. She added that her wife had been drinking and started getting physical, repeatedly pushing her down. And police said the living room looked pretty much disheveled and there was an empty bottle of fireball cinnamon whiskey on the table, of course. The alleged attacker returned, smelling of booze. Now she's facing domestic charge, battery charges, and now behind bars. Of course, the Vero Beach, Beach police refer to this as a typical night in Florida. You know, I mean, we don't need the COVID-19. Of course, what? I, I can't believe there was no gunplay. What? And they call themselves Florida residents? What's going on? Well, more family feuds going on when a 26-year-old California man got himself arrested and charged with battery for allegedly punching his own mother over toilet paper. The Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department deputies were called in to this home in the little town of Saugus, California, at 3 o'clock in the morning. According to the department's spokesperson, um, this guy by the name of Adrian Yan accused his mother of hiding the toilet paper for the family, which is been in short supply, obviously, because of the whole pandemic. She later told the deputies she hit, hit it from her son because he uses too much. <laughs> okay, a 26-year-old man who's using too much toilet paper. Of course, I'm with Adrian's, Adrian's mom. You know, the kid sounds like a real pain in the you-know-what. You know, I'm telling you. He was also charged with two counts of acting like a guy from Florida. You know what I'm saying? Oh, anyway, so... If you are venturing out and doing any traveling, I mean, even before the airlines took a dive, you found that the, you know, flights were pretty, pretty sparse, really sparse for this woman that flew from Washington, D.C. to Boston in the middle of the pandemic. She had a video that was captured on board of the plane uh, when she discovered she was the flight's sole passenger. Her name is Cheryl Pardo. She said she flew to visit her ailing mother, who has since died. And she found out on the American Eagle flight, which could have landed or handled nearly 100 passengers, she recorded a video as the flight attendant gives a shout out, (laughs) right, to Cheryl during the introductory announcement. Pardo said that she was upgraded to first class and the two flight attendants provided very excellent service during the flight. Meanwhile, Things are a bit different on American Airlines. MotherJones.com published accounts from several unnamed American Airlines flight attendants who say that passengers were forced to sit right next to each other on a near-empty plane because the company was not prepared to move them to the more expensive seats. 
Now, the report says the flight in question took off on March 24th with 11 people aboard. The one attendant said the passengers were all seated in the back, three rows of the plane, because they bought the basic economy fare, so we really can't put them further up in the cabin because that would be an Are you serious? The... <laughs> the flight attendant later overruled the seating plan on their own and spread everybody out. Now, American Airlines said they can either confirm or deny the claim without a specific flight number. Yeah, right. What's the trouble with being the only passenger on a flight? You're responsible for kicking the back of your own seat. See, that's the problem. Kind of tough being that only passenger, though. You know, one woman's two hours fighting with herself over the armrest, you know. But still, I just it's unbelievable. I mean, well, I mean... It does put people in a, in a different predicament like now. You know, we can't violate the upgrade rule, you know. Well, here's a couple of geniuses that gets the genius award for this episode. A California man may face some charges in Arizona for intentionally <coughs> coughing on a gas pump. Uh, there are the handle of a gas pump while referencing the spread of coronavirus. Now, this man... It's a 23-year-old guy from Winter Haven, California, questioned after cops in Yuma received reports of a video circulating on social media showing this unsanitary deed. Now, the suspect later admitted he was during an interview on the, at the uh, Yuma Police Department. The sergeant said that he came in willingly in the interview. He said he admitted to the fact that that was him on the video. Well, the man got the idea from other social media videos that he'd previously seen on the Internet, police said in the state, which made me kind of think of what my mother used to say. If everybody else jumped off the roof of the house, would you follow suit? Yeah, well, police said that he blatantly coughed on the handle and said, this is how you get coronavirus. Yeah, well. The footage was posted to Snapchat, by the way. Charges of unlawful use of infected biological substance, which is a felony, that will now be sent to the Yuma County prosecutors. For, of course, I, I hope they identified what type of cough that he had, you know? I mean, this happened to be in Arizona. So I'm pretty sure it had to be a dry cough, right? Incredible, disturbing story. I, I absolutely can't believe that a 23-year-old man was still using Snapchat, frankly. It just amazes me. Well, here's one more, and this one is involving a Florida woman. She's facing a felony domestic battery charge of after allegedly clobbering a man with a can of SpaghettiOs with a blow left the victim with a rather large laceration on his head. Now, according to the arrest affidavit, the victim tells police after arriving home from the hospital, boy, wouldn't love to be a fly on the wall in that emergency room. He gets into a verbal argument with a 30-year-old Shady Miranda. The victim and Miranda were sharing a room at the Travel Inn Motel in Fort Pierce. Boy, that you couldn't get more Florida than that. The man tells the cops he sought to de-escalate the situation by gathering some of his belongings and stepping outside the room, where he ended up sitting on a lawn chair. Now, Miranda, when he was still in the room. So as the man lounged outside, Miranda allegedly strikes him in the head with a, quote, 15.6-ounce metal can of SpaghettiOs that was in a plastic bag, unquote. While speaking with the victim, an officer observed a large laceration to the top of the head consistent with being struck with a can of SpaghettiOs. So now the woman was arrested for aggravated battery, which is a felony. So getting hit on the head with a can of SpaghettiOs, yeah, it sounds painful. Could have been a lot worse, though. It could have ended up inside the man's stomach. 
I mean, I can't believe people even buy SpaghettiOs. I mean, I guess I'm just used to people going out for fake Italian food at the Olive Garden, for crying out loud. Anyway, then you've got people that um, take their kids with them, and the kids end up making the parents really embarrassed. Okay, and it happens with this lockdown because the kids are out of school. Lockdown's been tough on all parents. But the ones that have it the worst, well, there was a new survey that found eight-year-olds are the hardest to deal with and the worst tantrums happen between the ages of six and eight. So forget about the terrible twos, folks. It's the sickening sixes and the angry eights. Survey also found uh, that they asked parents to name all the ways their children have embarrassed them in public. Well, you can name a few. Here are some of the ones that they named. Okay, Um, and we'll just start with number 10 and work our way up. Okay, knocking over a store display. 21% of the parents have had to deal with that. And yours truly has been one of those. Number nine, asking embarrassing questions out loud. And yours truly has been accused of that as well. Because I remember distinctly on an airplane flight from Houston, Texas, where I was going to see my aunt. My very first plane ride. I'd never been in a plane before. And so, for some reason, when I was a child, I was fascinated by the way toilets flushed. I don't know why, but I would go to people's houses when we go to visit and I'd go to the bathroom and stand and watch to see how that toilet flushed. Okay, I'm just a little odd that way, okay? So, of course, I'm on the plane. I had to go to the bathroom. And, of course, it was a fascinating thing to watch that airplane toilet flush. So I get back to my seat, sit down, and, of course, two minutes later, my mom says, well, you know, I think I've got to get up to go to the bathroom, too. So she gets up and goes to the bathroom. And my mother, walking in a crowded jet airliner, back to our seat, and I see her come back, and I distinctively remember yelling out, Hey, Mom, did you flush the toilet? <laughs> and my mother, shaking her head, putting her finger up in the air, and saying, No, 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 shush, 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 shush. So, yes, I have certainly embarrassed my parents by asking embarrassing questions out loud. Number eight top ways that kids embarrass their, their parents, arguing with a sibling. Again, Guilty as charged. At number seven, hitting a sibling. Okay, I don't think I've ever done that because my sibling was a girl and I'd have been knocked into the next block if I'd done that. Number six, being messy with food. Yeah, probably. Number five, public tantrums. Oh, yeah. I've. Um, in fact, I was always told I was having an Uncle Joe fit. They would always blame my Uncle Joe because he probably, I guess, threw better fits than I did. I, I don't know, but... Yeah, then the number four was getting lost in a store. I don't think I've ever had that happen, but my youngest son did. It wasn't in a store. It was in the local shopping mall when he decided he was going to duck out of one of the stores where, of course, I was watching him and make a getaway down to the local amusement rides where he was there enjoying his little rocking horse or whatever it was he was on. But this was, of course before we had to call the cops to go searching for him. Yeah, it was quite a scene. Number three, the top ways the kids embarrass their parents, accidentally taking something without paying for it. Okay, if you 
if you actually count the time that I was at my dad's accounting office and I went into the local supermarket, it wasn't a supermarket, like a department store. And they had the old department stores, they had like a popcorn machine. You could buy some popcorn while you could walk through the department store. I decided to go in and get a fistful of popcorn and, and, and uh, take it with me. My dad got upset and I had to go back and pay for it. This, as a, I, I guess, I've never done. But number two, the way we embarrass our parents, undressing in public. Although I've seen some pretty great examples of this. And the number one way kids embarrass their parents, shouting something inappropriate in public. Yeah, 33% said their kids have done it. Which probably still goes back to my whole question of asking my mother if she flushed the toilet. So I've probably got two spots on that count. Speaking of toilets, though, you know they've come out with a new smart toilet? I'm not making this up, folks. I am not making this up. This was the most amazing thing I have seen this week. This is, this tells you uh, really, I mean, I mean, it is smart, but it's, well, I guess every product in our home is going to be smart anyway, but even some of the smart things sound dumb. Uh, Stanford University scientists in California, they have developed a smart toilet that can identify you by your butt and they can monitor your health by your um, excrement, liquids and solids. And, what should be solid but comes out liquid, if you know what I mean. Now, scientists said it can monitor all types of health issues, large and small, even things like colon and prostate cancer with this thing. But how will it recognize you by your butt, you may ask? Well, that's a good question. You see, the researchers say, we know it seems a bit weird, but it turns out your anal print is unique, which begs the question, who was doing the comparing? And why? I, you know, maybe what? The fingertips were burned off? They couldn't take it that way? I don't know. But the toilet is in early stages of development, so we don't know when it might hit the market. But so far, they've tested it on 300 people. Wouldn't you love to be one of those folks? The majority said they're comfortable with the idea of having a smart toilet in their home. Oh, and by the way, um, it also takes pictures. You're right. It also takes pictures of the results. Um, and all we need now is just, I mean, people are already taking pictures of their food going in. I don't need a picture of the food coming out. You know what I'm saying? Just please, if this hits the market, please don't share it on my news feed. I just don't want to see it. Scientists say this smart toilet can really detect early signs of cancer. I mean, that's, that is probably the only good thing that it would, but why don't we just have them in doctor's offices? You know, that way you could just go to the bathroom in the doctor's office and it's all taken care of right there. <laughs> we need one in our house, but I guess it is good that it can detect the early signs of cancer. I guess that's one good thing out of it. Of course, all they need now is the toilet paper. We don't have any toilet paper. Oh, somebody's either hoarding it or stealing it. I mean, I can't even imagine the odds on a coincidence, though, of this. A man and a woman in an argument in a U-Haul. They were arguing in this U-Haul parking lot in Eugene, Oregon. And the guy pulls out a firework, lights it, and throws it at the woman. She ducks and gets out of the way. The guy leaves the lot. But here's what he did not know. There was another guy hiding in the U-Haul lot at the same time, he was underneath one of the other U-Haul trucks 
stealing gas. At the same time, this argument breaks out. And sparks from the fireworks flew near the gas, and all four U-Haul trucks burst into flames. Now, the gas thief and the woman both ran away, and the gas thief's pants and sleeves were on fire. I'm not making this up. The cops dug through the security footage to figure out exactly what happened in the melee, and eventually they realized the fire was from the result of two totally unrelated crimes happening at the same time in the same parking lot. The guy who threw the fireworks was arrested for reckless endangerment and criminal mischief, and the cops haven't even caught the gas thief yet, but I'm sure he'll be facing charges. And then, of course, if they ask him if he did it and he denies it, what are they going to say? Liar, liar, pants on fire? Okay, well, <laughs> sorry. Oh, it's going to be an interesting Easter for us, though, this year. I, I, I normally, first off, I, I have a, a, a real, I don't know, nitpicky bee in my bonnet over why, as adults, do we need to buy Easter baskets for other adults? Same thing I feel about getting Christmas stockings. Christmas stockings and Easter baskets are great if you're eight, okay? After you're eight or nine, why bother? But no, I'm married to someone who wants to continue the tradition. I'll be getting Christmas stockings and Easter baskets in the retirement home. So I decided to, you know, since one good thing out of this whole pandemic, I'm not, I haven't been out of the house in, you know, 20 days. My car is sitting in the garage with a full tank of gas. I have not put on a pair of shoes in for two weeks. I think I put on a pair of actual pants, like like jeans, one time because we had over for dinner. So I've basically been basically getting a lot of good use out of my pajama pants. Okay. So I decided to order online. The Easter Bunny's coming now by way of the internet, and I thought I'd be hiring an Easter Bunny, but that would be a good idea, especially if you happen to know some signs that you have hired a bad bad Easter bunny, okay? If you're going to bring anybody in for your little backyard party, here's some signs you may have hired a bad Easter bunny. He speaks a very thick Eastern European accent. His bunny costume is full of cigarette burns. He informs you that he's basing his character on Brando's performance in Apocalypse Now, stares down at his phone the entire time, and tells the kids that they want peeps, they have to reach down into his pocket, deep down. What? Other signs you may have hired yourself a bad bunny. Along with candy, he hands out a pamphlet about adult-onset diabetes and smells a little like a rabbit. That would be a big sign right there. Or his basket is full of Slim Jims and a miniature bottles of vodka. Definitely you've hired a bad Easter bunny on that one. Signs, he sneaks into your house and hides the eggs in your lingerie drawer. Shows up for work on Monday after Easter and he keeps shouting, Ho, ho, ho! So good luck this year on Easter, okay? And here's something I also found out that I never actually knew. Do you know that the hippopotamus amphibious, a.k.a. common or river hippopotamus, is widely considered to be the world's deadliest large land mammal, responsible for upwards of 500 deaths per year? Did you also know that if you reverse of a hippo walking so that their butt is suddenly their face, it briefly makes you forget about the literal plague that's currently sweeping the planet. Yeah, Z. Frank, he is the guy that uploaded this thing. Uh, he created the guy's generally acute 
True Facts Animal Series, he uploads a video introducing the uh, Ape, Ape, yeah, O-E-P-I-H, Ape, the lesser-known cousin of the hippo. Get it? Ape, hippo, spelled backwards, okay? See, it's the reverse spelling of hip, but because the video is of a uh, hippopotamus walking backwards so that it makes its little hairy tail look like a dumb, thumpy, proboscis uh, nose, in other words. Pretty good, right? A lot of people seem to think so since it's currently number 16 on the YouTube trending list as, we, as, as you hear me do this. 1.1 million views since it was uploaded. Probably more than that. So if you want to spend some time while you're social distancing yourself, go ahead. Look up the backward-walking hippo and look at the hippo's butt. Sounds like a lot of fun. And finally, uh, gee, never have I ever questions. If you want to maybe a really interesting game of um, a little more exciting. Okay, maybe you're a little bored. You've been cooped up for so long. Cabin fever is raging in your household. Maybe you're new to the game, but here are the rules. If you're going to play Never Have I Ever, you hold up 10 fingers, and then one person announces something they've never done. If you have done it, everybody takes turns announcing things that they have never done, and if somebody loses all 10 fingers, they're out. The winner is the one person who stays in the game the longest, but honestly, the Never Have I Ever game isn't really about winning. The fun is finding out what your friends have or haven't done. So, with that in mind, let me give you some juicy questions to ask for the Never Have I Ever game. How about this one? Been kicked out of a bar. Never have I ever. Gone streaking or skinny dipping. Never have I ever. Of course, if you count the time I was in the ocean and the undercurrent made kind of a U-turn, maybe you could call that skinny, skinny dipping for me, I guess. I don't know. Here's another. Never have I ever jumped out of an airplane or made the news. Or shoplifted. Never have I ever run a marathon or starred in a play or participated in an eating competition or gotten gotten a piercing other than the ears and gotten a tattoo I regretted or gotten into a physical fight. Well, not recently. Never have I ever shaved my head, pooped my pants, cheated on a test, memorized every lyric on an entire album, seen the 2019 cinematic masterpiece Cats. Now, that could, that could be a bit dangerous. Or how about never have I ever become emotionally invested in a season of The Bachelor, <laughs> accidentally started a fire, maybe with a firework after getting into an argument at a U-Haul parking lot, never have I ever broken a bone, traveled solo in a foreign country, faked getting sick to get out of work, or faked sick to get out of a family engagement, or never have I ever seen a ghost. However... I've been to a haunted B&B one time. Okay, I've done that. I've not seen a ghost, though. I went to the haunted B&B, and I would recommend this to anybody. It's a great place to visit. It's a wonderful uh, historical place. It, it's called the Jean Benet Tavern in Bedford, Pennsylvania, just outside Bedford on U.S. Route 30. My wife decided that we're going to go there for an anniversary, and it was a very charming bed and breakfast because it was built over 200 years ago. And it was actually the place where then-General George Washington made his headquarters while he was in Pennsylvania to put down the Whiskey Rebellion. Okay, so it's got some history to it. And, of course, they've got a great tavern, delicious food, 
and of course, quaint, a quaint little bed and breakfast. So we're sitting in the tavern, looking at the menu, and I'm reading everything. I've decided what I want to order, and I look at the back, and they get a little history about the place, and my wife is going through what she wants to order on her menu, and I finally see this thing on the back of the menu, and I asked my wife, I said, did you check out all of the amenities at this place? And she said, well, I thought I did. Why? What's the matter? And I said, well, did you notice on the back of the menu that says this is the third most haunted bed and breakfast in Pennsylvania? So, yeah, we find out that there are apparitions that frequent the bed and breakfast. In fact, if you wanted to stay in the actual room that George Washington slept in, you can do that. And apparently some folks have, and some folks have woke up in the middle of the night, especially the one person who was the only person staying in that bedroom, woke up to find a divot in the bed next to them, and it was warm. They left the B&B at about 3.30 in the morning. Okay, There have been some others that have seen apparitions strolling the halls, but this bed and breakfast, they have a diary that is next to the bed. And if you have seen a ghost... They invite you to write about your experience. So where we were staying in the diary in our room, a guy had written that he had stayed there by himself. He woke up the next morning to find in the bathroom where he left his shoes sitting by the sink, somebody had taken cream rinse and squirted it into his shoes. Of course, he didn't do it. How did that happen? Well, I never saw the ghost when I was there. My wife claims that she sleeps like a bat in the first place. I sleep like a log. So she woke up out of a dead sleep because she felt that somebody had bumped her bed and she thought I had gotten up to go to the bathroom and was trying to find my way back to the bed and bumped it while I was trying to get back in. I was dead to the world, completely gone, sawing logs. And so, but she did feel the bed jiggle, like somebody bumped into it. So she's convinced that there was a ghost in the room. Although, we've, we, and we've actually gone back more than one time. It's actually a really nice place. I would recommend it. Jean Benet Tavern, okay? But what I wanted to do, or what I really wanted to do, if I thought that it would not end in a legal uh, separation, would be to record a an alarm on my phone and have it set off in the middle of the night. I'd put my phone, like, in the drawer of the nightstand and... Like at 2.30 in the morning, you know, it would just go off and I would record an alarm that would call my wife's name, you know, in a weird, creepy voice, you know, Lara, Lara, you know, something like this. <laughs> just have it go off. <laughs> but the problem with that is, first off, I'm pretty sure I would not be allowed back in the house and I would sleep through it and miss all the fun. So... What can I say? And that's life in my stupid world. I'm open to talking about anything, but love talking about surviving and the stupidity that is always around us. And if you're insane enough to ask, I'm always insane enough to reply. I'd love to hear from you either by leaving a voice message or a written message. And you can do that at podcast.insaneericlane.com. Leave any comment that you have from a podcast or a question you might have, and I'll be happy to address either one. Your question or comment might even just be played and or 
talked about in a future podcast. And if you or someone you know would actually like to join in on a podcast, you're more than welcome to participate. And if you have that Anchor app on your phone, you can do just that. It's as simple as a phone call. Download the app at your favorite app store and add our podcast, my podcast, to your favorites. You can also email me with comments and questions, requests at shoutout at insaneericlane.com. That's insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E.com. Of course, you should certainly subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. If you listen to it on Apple, Breaker, Google, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, or Spotify. And of course, don't forget to follow me on Facebook and Twitter at Insane Eric Lane. That's Insane, E-R-I-K, L-A-N-E. Some quick shots uh, from my stupid world. You know, Vladimir Putin wants Russians to stay home for a month. Yes. Of course, technically, he just shut down liquor stores. Same result, right? Molly Crew. Well, their summer tour, it's still on for now because, you know, Corona is probably the least harmful virus you can catch at a crew concert. And, well, you know, CNN's Chris Cuomo is recovering at home from the coronavirus. He says the only time he feels nauseous anymore is when he thinks about his brother's nipple rings. Yeah, I would, too. There's a couple in India I told you about, you know, in the other segment naming their twins Corona and COVID, right? Names that specifically don't age well. Just ask other kids named Chupa and Cabra. Yeah, scientists in China are testing Viagra. That's right, Viagra, the little blue pill, as a possible treatment for COVID-19. Hopefully, it's not a treatment you'd have to drink because you just might accidentally get a stiff upper lip. Sorry. Making it, I guess, the only time these scientists have had an actual reason to use Viagra, I guess. right? And Reese Witherspoon is donating clothes to teachers. The teachers responded, uh, we prefer whatever you were drinking when you attacked a cop. And O.J. Simpson, he's not really happy that Nevada is shutting down the golf courses. Ironically, not being on the golf course makes O.J. more likely to slice. So uh, watch out, real killers, because the juice is coming for you. Yeah. And some other takes on some of the stupid news. You know, they've now come out with it being Easter time. There's a ranking of every... Peeps flavor. You, you know they do make flavors of Peeps, right? Well, now there's a ranking. Yeah, they all tied for last. And you can now order a 70-piece bucket of chicken nuggets from KFC. 70 pieces. KFC's decided to make sure people are social distancing by making them too fat to ever leave their house. And China is reclassifying dogs as pets, not livestock. Which is good news for dogs in China. Not so good news for cats. And a meal delivery service using strippers is calling it uh, Boober Eats. Well, they finally had to shut down. Too bad. Don't feel bad for the customers, though. They, they know how to handle busts. Uh, yeah. And Joe Biden leading Donald Trump. International head-to-head matchup, but not by much. But give Democrats time. They'll figure out how to screw this one up, too. And then I was reading some of the top tweets from... The Easter Bunny, even though the Easter Bunny's had a pretty busy weekend planned. He has found time for Twitter. Here's some of the tweets I read. I'm a rabbit who poops out eggs filled with chocolate and $5 bills. 
you better believe I'm essential. I mean, peeps, can we stop pretending anybody actually eats these things? Hey, kids, want to see a giant talking rabbit more often? Drop acid. Yeah, that would always work. Or here's another tweet. You're running out of things to do with your two kids? How cute. Some of us have 300 of them. At Tricks Rabbit, your unhinged outbursts ruin it for the rest of us. Go away. Another Easter Bunny tweet. Still don't understand why I don't get a discount at Moonlight Bunny Ranch. And another tweet. Don't worry, I'm wearing a mask and gloves this year. <laughs> Good luck with that. A tweet here says, Hope Santa never finds out I play. Or I, I pay to visit Mrs. Claus every Christmas Eve. I had no idea. If you all make, if if all you mega church pastor mega church pastors insist on holding Easter services, don't be surprised if natural selection claims a few of your followers. Yeah. And another tweet from the Easter Bunny. This year I'm holding some eggs for the parents with Xanax in them. That'll be nice. And yes, that's chocolate that came out of my butt. Go ahead, eat it. Another tweet from the Easter Bunny. My favorite restaurant, IHOP, of course. Hashtag Easter Punny. Hmm. Another tweet uh, from the Easter Bunny. The secret to my longevity, always skipping Ted Nugent's house. Yeah. Or Santa gropes elves. Hashtag pass it on. Or this tweet. Sure, I look cute, but there's a one in ten chance I have rabies. Or... I had to do the best I could this year, so you might be getting lima beans in your basket. And another tweet from the Easter Bunny. Remember that time I raced Mitch, Mitch McConnell? Hashtag he looks like a tortoise. Okay, and of course, she's all that was coming. And finally, another tweet from the Easter Bunny. Went to a wedding for two marshmallow bunnies. Yep, it was done in front of a justice of the peeps. Oh, it's the best I could do. Anyway, have fun this next week in your stupid world. Thanks for sticking it out through my stupid world. And if you're feeling a bit crazy, I hope you'll follow me on Facebook or Twitter at Insane Eric Lane and visit InsaneEricLane.com. And if you're feeling a bit insane and want to make your own podcast, you can do it with Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast ever. The only platform where you can publish to major podcast outlets like Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music with a single tap of a button on your phone. Whether you're capturing your own voice, taking call-ins from listeners, conducting remote interviews with anyone, or broadcasting full-length songs from Apple Music or Spotify. Available today for iOS and Android, and it's 100% free, entirely mobile, and so easy to use that literally anyone can make a podcast, even me. Find out more at anchor.fm.